You can't even spell virus without I and you. Is there anybody there? Vowels are A-E-I-O-U, right? I'd like to buy a vowel, please? Okay. And a high. You know what else you can't spell without a U, Governor Holcomb? You can't spell unelected. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So why don't we get back to work and quit with the Wheel of Fortune games? You know, let's start trying to figure out just what the hell we're doing in the state of Indiana from the state level on down through the counties, the cities, and the towns. I just... I just can't anymore with the nonsense and the communication or lack of communication and the nonsense. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this 89th episode of Perception is Reality. I am recording this during a very stormy Saturday afternoon into early evening. I'm actually recording this at just about 5.30 p.m., on Saturday, March 28th. I want to thank you for tuning in and giving me a little bit of your time whenever you are listening to this. Thank you very much. I am truly humbled. I hope that you will do us here a little bit of a favor. And when I say us, I mean myself, producers Kate and Niles. Just remember that you're getting this content for free. And we don't ask a whole lot of you. But what I do ask of you is to just help us spread the show and the episodes by word of mouth and social media to everyone that you know. Let them know that they can find us on all major podcast hosting sites. I mean all of them. Like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, Spotify, and so on and so forth. You can let them know that they can find us simply by searching in their internet search engine, Google or whatever they use. All they have to type in is Bilbrey Podcast. Yes, they can type the whole name in. Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. And they can do the little W with the line thing for the with. Or the easiest way is by simply just typing in Bilbrey Podcast. B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast will bring you right to the show. It will let them hear the most recent episode on through the very beginning at 001. So check those out. If you're a new listener, you should go back and listen to the older episodes. If you've been here from the beginning, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, thank you very much. Be sure also to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey. 
So I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're practicing social distancing. I hope you're not hoarding food or toilet paper or anything else. I hope that you are being cognizant of who is around you, who is around your family, and I hope that you're really kind of looking into all that's going on in your life right now. From everything that we're hearing, folks, we're not to the most serious part yet, and it sounds like we're still maybe a couple weeks out from the peak time period for this horrible virus situation. So just use some common sense as I as I really hammer you guys with on everything else. If you're using common sense in the political realm and while dealing with our government, then you need to use it in your life to protect yourself with your hygiene, with your family, your kids, your elderly people, folks that might be sick with some other underlying issue, just be mindful. I hope you're being safe. We want you to be safe so you can continue listening to the show. Also, while you're just sitting around the house staring at the wall and looking at the kids doing their e-learning, you might also check out the Merch Is Reality store to try to get into some perception gear. Get your new coffee mugs or your t-shirts, your polos. And that's just one more simple way that you can help the show out and show your support. You can find all of the Perception gear, all those items at Merch Is Reality. All one word. MerchIsReality.square.site Alright, so moving on with the episode. Again, this is episode 89. We're just... This episode away from getting into the last 10 episodes before the 100th episode. I cannot I cannot believe it. It's uh, crazy. It's going to be it's going to be amazing. We actually have a couple special things that we're getting ready to be dealing with. Like I said, in just a few short episodes, we're going to be dealing with the 100th episode of Perception is Reality, and then in just a little over a month we will be celebrating our one-year anniversary, and so we have a couple special things planned, so you'll definitely want to tune in tune in for those. So, the voice that you heard at the very start of this episode was none other than Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb. Have you guys been listening to his press conferences that he has been given at 2.30 each day, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He's been coming out and giving these press conferences that he has been streaming, or someone's been streaming for his office on Facebook. And I'll be honest, I haven't checked to see if they sound different, like if you're watching it some other way. But you can't hear these things on Facebook. The audio is just horrible. I, I don't know who is in charge of that, but if if you know somebody who knows somebody, tell them to turn it up. It's ridiculous. But he's basically been coming out for the last week 
maybe a week and a couple days, and saying the same thing every time he comes out. Uh, I just feel like we're to a point where these folks either don't know what to say, and they're too afraid to say, hey, we don't know what to say here, because keep in mind, he is currently in the election cycle. I mean, he is running for re-election, I couldn't think of anything worse because depending on what occurs here, you know, if a lot of bad shit happens on his watch, bye-bye Eric. But, uh, you know, the flip side of that is if he's able to pull this out, then he will be re-elected and he will serve another four-year term and we'll have to deal with that fallout. Look, I also want to be very clear here that even though I don't like him and I'm not supporting him... I certainly don't want him to fail because if he fails, then Indiana fails. And that could very possibly mean in this circumstance, a lot of death and a lot of sickness and a lot of destruction. And so I'm certainly not in favor of that. I just, I'm not a big fan of Holcomb. I haven't been a big fan of Holcomb. And I'm not a big fan of what he's doing during these press conferences. Have you seen the press conferences? Have you watched what's going on here? Listen, so I want to I want to be clear here. I want people to get involved. I want people to get active. I want people to feel as though they understand what's happening and the importance of getting involved and knowing what's going on. But I also know that everybody has lives. I know that you're all not going to be as invested as, say, I am or, or other a few others. So in those times, I want you to know that you can count on me to bring to you the highlights and the lowlights. So if there's a press conference, for example, that the governor is doing for the seventh day in a row where he's not mentioning anything new and trying out spelling competitions, well, I'm going to bring that information to you. So if you've missed anything, don't panic. We'll cover it here. I just want you to know, while I am not the news and I don't consider myself a journalist, I do break a lot of information here, and if, if no one else is going to break it, and there's no other journalist out there, if this is a vacuum here in East Central Indiana, well, then I'll do what I have to do. But I do the commentary, and so you will get that as well. I always do my very level best to be factually accurate and to give you my sources and, and tell you what I can when, how, and where I can. Sometimes I can't, but that doesn't stop the commentary. I'm going to be real clear and upfront. I will not be voting for Eric Holcomb. I know I'm a Republican, conservative Republican, and while I might not vote for the Democrat, I'm happy we have a third-party candidate running this time, and I, I know that that gentleman's not going to win, He's not going to get close, but it's better than not voting, and it's definitely better than giving Eric Holcomb a vote saying that I support what he is and has been doing. So the voice that you heard at the beginning of this episode saying that ridiculous nonsense about virus being spelled with an I and a U 
He goes on in that press conference to say, and that's what we need, uh, m- me and, uh, w- and, and we. Wait, that's not it. I, I and uh, th- he really messes up. What he should have done if he was going to go down that route is he should have said, you know, you can't spell virus without us. And this is about us. This is about you and me and we together. It's not about you separately. It's not about me. It's not about the 20-year-old. It's not about the 40-year-old business owner that doesn't care about anything other than making that dime. This is about all of us together. You can't spell virus without us, Eric. That would have been the better way to go. He also said a bunch of other really bizarre things during this press conference before we get to what just totally enrages me. But there was at one point in the presser that he brought up this very weird little saying that his mother used to say to him. Soundbite number two. I wish it weren't so. But as my mom used to say, if wishes were horses, Eric, we'd all ride away. We're living in a real world here. If wishes were horses, we would all ride away. I mean, what? I, you know, this, this particular press conference on Friday, the 27th of March, 2020, was really bizarre. I, I don't know... I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's with the cute little stories here. I mean, did she tell him that as she was getting away from the weirdness? You know, he was like, hey, I want to be... I wish I was governor. And she was like, I wish I had a horse to ride away. (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what is going on with this? I, I, You hear... Let me tell you what I wish. I wish that you would come out... And that you would be upfront and you would be honest. There are many stories of doctors and nurses and med students from hospitals in Indianapolis who are saying they are not allowed to tell us the correct numbers. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. I can only have theories. We can start becoming conspiracy nuts. But I'm trying not to do that. You know, what's the deal with the tests? Where are the tests that we're supposed to have? Where are the tests for the state of Indiana? Where are the tests for Delaware County, for Randolph County? Where are the tests for Madison County, for Henry County? You know, they come out to this press conference. They have released... Order after order after document after... It's all nonsense. The local governments are doing the same thing. They release something one day. They pull it back the next day. They go with the state the next day. And nobody truly knows. If you look around Indiana, you know, you look around Winchester, you look around Muncie, yeah, the streets look deserted, man. There's no businesses open because they're all getting ready to go out of business after this and and I understand look I'm conflicted here 
if you listen to me at the beginning when I'm talking about this, you're like, well, hey, he's for completely shutting down. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is here. I know if we're all dead, it doesn't matter if there's a business or not. So if it takes shutting down for a minute, regrouping, hitting the reset button for a reset, whatever we got to do. Good. Do what you got to do. Do what we've got to do. But I'm not for just letting everybody die and saying, well, I wish those people didn't die. And my mom used to say, if wishes were cowboys, we could play cowboys and Indians. How about we do this? How about we quit wishing and quit trying to buy vowels and be funny and cute? And how about we come out and tell us really what's going on here? You want to know the part of the press conference that was most telling to me? It was the part where the Board of Health Commissioner for the state of Indiana, Dr. Chris Box, said for the first time since this has been going on that we in the state of Indiana aren't even going to be hitting peak until the mid or end of April. Everybody's running around saying, two weeks, 14 days, 14 days. Everything's going to be back in by the 7th. Everything's going to be good. we got the president saying an arbitrary date. We've got mayors and commissioners saying arbitrary dates. We've got the governor saying nursery rhymes. Yet, Dr. Chris Box, the commissioner of the State Board of Health for the state of Indiana, just said... Live for everyone to hear streaming. Well, you couldn't hear it too well because the audio is so low. But she said, we are a month away from peak. And folks, that don't mean we're going to wake up one day and it's going to be really bad and start going down quickly. Who knows how long the peak can last? What if it plateaus out with 900 people dying for two weeks? My God, folks, wake up. And the first person that needs to wake up is Eric, how can I be Governor Holcomb? You know, that's the first person that needs to get with the program. Because the other part in this press conference that was really telling was when he opened it up for questions. And one of the reporters there asked him about the hospital beds, the ICU beds, the ventilators. Ask them about our readiness for this. Because if you're listening from East Central Indiana to everything going on, everything going on in Indianapolis, everything going on in New York, everything going on in Italy, everything going on in Spain, everything going on in Wuhan, China. The one thing that we're hearing from everybody is the hospitals are going to be overworked. They're, they're going to let people die. They're going to try to decide. In New York, they're trying to say, don't bring anybody back. If somebody codes, psh, that's it. Everybody is a do not resuscitate, a DNR. That's real scary, man. That's real scary that we're talking about that in, in America. And look, I'm not even saying it's wrong. I'm just saying the fact that we're having this type of discussion is wild. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. So it's appropriate to me, I think, 
that somebody would say, hey, uh, Governor Holcomb, so are you confident that the hospitals in the state of Indiana can handle this? And can you speak to the hospitals and the number of hospital beds and patients and you know what it's going to be like if we're where we're at now? What's it going to be like in four weeks when apparently we're hitting the peak? And hearing what Governor Holcomb said right in this one little clip is enough to send him back to the private sector whenever we possibly get to vote to do that. Play sound clip number three. Have you seen the numbers about how many ICU beds we have in Indiana and how many ventilators? I have. What are those numbers that you've seen? We have to respect agreements that we have in place with the individual hospitals. Excuse me. No. Your role as governor is to protect the citizens and to look out for your constituents. What do you mean respect the agreements? What kind of agreements do you have for these hospitals? A local paper in Muncie just released some numbers from a couple hospitals around the area. Why could the governor of the state of Indiana, in this global pandemic, in this national emergency, in this state of emergency, in these uncharted waters, not tell this reporter that information. See why it's not very hard for people to start getting out their tinfoil caps and coming up with their conspiracies when they won't be honest about simple information like that. Keep in mind, we're all watching the same news sources. We're all watching the news tell us that the hospitals being overstaffed and underbedded and not having the proper equipment, the proper number of ventilators is a problem. We're all hearing that and seeing it. We're being told that that's when they have to make a decision between life and death, who they're going to save and who they're not going to save. So you understand why citizens of Indiana might want to know if Indiana's prepared. Because keep in mind, it's in this very same press conference, they just told us that we are still four weeks out from our peak numbers here. Sound clip number four. You realize... Oh, we do. Uh, ...that we are... We don't see the peak yet. Yeah, yeah. These numbers are compounding. Uh-huh. Especially in certain areas. Yep. This is... Because you're telling um, us. This is like a snowball that's rolling downhill and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That's that community spread illustration. Absolutely. So that's why we want to know when this does hit, this peak hits, and the snowball gets to the bottom of the damn hill, are we going to be able to maintain the care that we need to maintain? Folks, this isn't even my outrage about the tests going on. And I have a lot of outrage about the tests, about the lack of tests. But I have a serious issue when the governor of Indiana calls a hokey press conference at 2.30 on a Friday when we're in this uncharted waters, times that are very unprecedented, 
and says a bunch of gibberish, meanwhile, dropping little hints that we're headed for a larger issue, and then refuses to give any factual information, and at the same time telling us that we're being informed. Listen to this. We are uh, well informed, as Dr. Box has made sure you are as well on a very daily basis. You just heard the numbers. Um, you realize uh, that we are, we don't see the peak yet. These numbers are compounding, especially in certain areas. This is, um, this is like a snowball that's rolling downhill and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That's that community spread illustration. Well, that sounds absolutely horrible there, Eric. I mean, what? Shouldn't I be worried about what you just got done saying there? Shouldn't I worry whether or not my local community hospital will be able to take care of me? Shouldn't I worry about whether or not you know what's going on? Wait a minute. What? I feel funny. I feel like, why am I questioning this? Wait a minute. Let's let, let, let's listen to what the what the governor has to say again. We are uh, well informed as we Dr. Box well informed. has made sure you are as well on a very daily basis. You just heard the numbers. I did hear the numbers. Um, you realize I do uh, that we are realize. We don't see the peak yet. I don't see These the numbers peak are compounding, yet, especially in Certain areas. Yes. This is certain areas. Um, this is like a snowball that's rolling this downhill and getting bigger like and bigger and bigger. That's that community spread. A big snowball. I like snowballs. Don't ask the governor about the hospital beds. Nothing we're hearing could be wrong. Everything they're programming us to believe is exactly what we're supposed to believe. I mean, give me a break already. It's just, the stuff is nuts. Because they're telling us one thing, and then telling us they can't tell us the answers to what we're really wanting to know. And then while they're telling us they can't tell us those answers, they're telling us that they're telling us everything that we need to know, and that it's all going to be okay. I just, I somehow don't buy that. I don't buy it because I see the incompetence every place else. So why on earth am I to believe that Eric Holcomb will be able to manage this as the governor? Look, folks, I get it. I get it. For all the very, very, very liberty-minded folks, for the libertarians, for the preppers, what, whatever. Look, I'm not a sovereign citizen. I don't get into all that weirdness. I'm an American. I love my country. I support my troops. I, I support law enforcement when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, some of that I, I buy into. Some of the people that I know don't like that. I get it. Not a big deal. That's not me. That's you. Fantastic. So, I know it's going to hurt people's hearts a little bit when I say, you know, 
Yeah, it would be great if we all lived on a hill somewhere in Kentucky and we grew our own food and we slaughtered our own pigs and and we shot our own ears of corn. But I don't know how to do that. I love to do it. I love to do it. I grew up in that area going down there, spending time. I know right where I would go if the shit really hit the fan. But man, I'm telling you what, I'm too much in the... in in these times, I mean, you know, I wasn't born in the 1500s because I require indoor plumbing and toilet paper, you know? I, I thank God for being born when I was born and, and for, for bottled water, you know what I mean? Like, I'm very thankful to my God for that. And... I, I don't like socialism. I'm not into socialism. I'm not a socialist. I don't want my government to give me free stuff. I want to work for it. I want to pay for it. I want to elect people that are able to look after the best well-being of the jobs that they have. And when that entails doing what they need to do for the state, doing what they need to do for the county, for the city, for the town then I want them to do the very level best. And I'm not seeing that out of any of the leadership from the local on up to the big man himself. I'm not too happy or thrilled at how Trump has handled some of this. Some of it I'm okay with, some of it I'm not. You know, I'm a complex person. And we can get more into that after this quick break. I'm Christopher Bilbrey. We'll be right back. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Hi, I'm Amina. Sometimes starting a conversation with a friend about mental health can feel awkward, but your support can make a huge difference. You know your friends best, so if you feel like something's wrong, trust your instinct and reach out. Learn how to start the conversation at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. Well, I was once told in a different venue that the true definition of an optimist is a poorly informed pessimist. Uh, I don't, I've never been a cynic. I'm not going to be a cynic. I am uh, eternally optimistic and uh that also means um you have to be a realist well try this one on for size governor holcomb being a realist realistically speaking seeing it from the point of view uh of someone who is realistically looking at it you should not be re-elected to the seat of governor because you don't have a clue about what it is that you're doing did uh, did I get did I get close there? Did, did I get close to that one? Uh, welcome back to the show, everyone. This is episode eighty nine of Perception Is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. We're kind of yeah, you know, I don't know, beating up on the governor a little bit because he kind of deserves it because he's not really communicating and we don't really know what's going on and people are dying. Yeah, that's that's what we're doing here. So before before coronavirus. Long before coronavirus, I had a problem with Governor Eric I Hate Freedom Holcomb. 
You know, he's he's living like in 1920 rather than 2020, and he's just not doing well for the state of Indiana. I just... We could do much better, folks. We could do much better. Then throw on top of it what we have going on with this COVID-19 global pandemic, and that boy is just outside of his wheelhouse. Uh, you know, it, he he's waiting for his pony to show up so he can ride away like his mommy told him, something like that. I just, I, I have no use for what he's been doing here, not giving any real information. We're not getting to the bottom of where our, our, our damn tests are to make sure that people are doing what they need to be doing to stay safe and not get sick and not spread it and not die. But here's the biggest thing. Here's my biggest problem about that. They are wanting us to stay in our homes. They're wanting to shut the businesses down. They're wanting to put us under a quarantine, a voluntary, involuntary, voluntary, we ask nicely, don't go out, but go out kind of quarantine, which I agree I don't want the government ever coming and telling me that I can't leave my home. That's not a good thing. That's certainly not a good thing. So I would like for them to say, uh, hey, we have this situation. Uh, it could get out of hand. It could hurt you. It might not hurt you. However, you could get this situation and because you spread it on to someone else, it could hurt them. So we're asking you, out of the kindness of your heart, to stay inside and away from people. Here's what kills me with this. They're not doing what they can to put the fear of God into people on this. You know, that, that's. I'm just going to say that. Maybe if they came out and said, look, we've got what we need now to treat what we have now, but if our numbers are correct and the peak isn't until the second, third, or fourth week of April 2020, we really don't know what we're going to be looking at. We don't know if we have that. So here is a little pro tip. Stay inside now and try to not get sick. Do what you can to avoid getting this virus. Don't get this virus because we don't know if we can take care of you once you're ill. If they said that, there would still be people who did what they wanted to do, and, and there always will be. That's human nature. But there would be a shit ton more people staying indoors if they would just come out and be honest because the honesty is what would allow people to realize what a situation this is. But instead, they continue to pass executive orders that they can't really truly enforce. They're begging people to stay inside. People aren't really staying inside. People are, are getting together in groups. They're going to the parks. They're, they're going to stores just because they're bored and can't stand to look at their husbands and wives and children for longer than a day at a time, which is just mind-boggling to me. 
and they're spreading this on. And Indiana is starting to have an uptick in cases, and they're telling us that it's just starting at the top of the hill and rolling down, and it's going to get worse. And then when we're asking, well, wait a minute, how much worse? And when it gets bad like this, will we be able to do what we have to do to care for each other? And will the hospitals be able to maintain? They're telling us, well, we have to keep the agreements that we have with these hospitals. What agreements is that? Exactly. What agreements do they have with the governor of Indiana that he can't really let us know what's going on? I mean, they try to walk to the line. They try to get right up close to it and try to say, look, you know, if you don't believe this is bad, it's bad and you better do it. And they put out documents and written memos and have press conferences and you have heads of boards of health putting out fiery letters saying you guys need to take this serious and blah 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 but it's not doing it you got to give people the hard cold facts listen to this soundbite number five or six i believe it is it's it's the soundbite play the soundbite where he's talking about people not believing that this is this is happening if you don't think it's there or if you don't think it's coming we need to talk it is and we'll continue on a very regular basis to supply you with the information so that you're making the best decisions because the behavioral changes that we're asking Hoosiers to make, it's nothing that we like. Okay, great. It's nothing that anybody likes. But if you want more people to do it and you want more people to take it serious, you might want to give us the hard, cold facts. Even more so when you're saying in this very press conference that it's not here yet the worst part of it isn't here that it's going to be a whole lot worse you guys keep saying it but then when the common sense question creeps in because that's what we're hearing everywhere that hospitals aren't ready for this and that's what the problem is being when someone says to you hey wait a minute are we prepared for this you then pull a fast one, trying to do some kind of sleight of hand. Uh-uh-uh, not going to get away with it there, Eric. Are you, do you share Dr. Box's confidence that Indiana hospitals... We track it every day. ...can double their ICU units? We track it every day. And so here, the reporter is asking him, after he's already said... Governor, can you let us know how we're doing with beds and ICU units and ventilators and equipment? And the governor's like, uh, well, you, we really can't get into that because uh, we, we can't break the agreements that we have with these hospitals. Well, then this reporter is pushing him. Well, do you have confidence that our hospitals have the equipment that we need to be able to do what it is that we need to do? And if you listen to what Holcomb says to him, he's not even listening to him. He interrupts him first off. We track it every day. We track it every day. What does that mean? He's not telling us any information there. The reporter is asking Holcomb if he has confidence 
in the hospitals throughout Indiana. And Holcomb's saying, we track it every day. You know, uh, let's, let's talk about, for example, the murder rate in Indianapolis. No one in their right mind would say that the Indianapolis Police Department, that the Indianapolis Mayor's Office, that the state of Indiana has a hold on the violence occurring in that city. The violence is out of control. The murders there are out of control. It's crazy. All right. If someone says, well, you know, do you have confidence that we are lowering crime? And someone says, well, we track it every day. We track it every day. Uh, th- all that means is we're watching the violence occur and we're, we're keeping a little book here tracking it. But it doesn't mean we're doing anything to fix it. And this is the bullshit. Are you, do you share Dr. Box's confidence that Indiana hospitals... We track it every day. I've got a great idea. Holcomb could say... No, we don't have confidence in that. We're doing our best, but we don't know. Here's what you need to do as the public. Try not to get sick. Stay in the house. Don't get this virus. Or or do it. But understand that we may or may not be able to treat what's coming. We may or may not have to make tough decisions down the road. Folks, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's what they're saying here. In these answers, that's what we're hearing. And then they're trying to, like I said earlier, it's almost like kind of a brainwashing us to let us know, we're telling you what we want you to know. You're hearing what we're saying and it's what you're asking. No, it's not. No, it is not. And, and I, it goes on even weirder than that because then they double back around to tell us how bad it's going to be. Listen to this sound clip. This is one of the reasons why we move the you know, elective uh, procedures out of our surgical centers and our hospitals. Freed up beds. Mm, because they're worried that that's going to be a problem. So the answer to the reporter's question is, we see a problem on the horizon and we don't know that we're going to be able to combat it. That's what we're hearing here. You got to kind of be able to read between the lines. We need the public in mass to do their part and we'll continue uh, to show you the proof. Okay, you need us to do our part. That's staying home, closing the businesses down, doing what you've been wanting us to do. Why? Because the hospital beds are a problem. The treatment, the doctors, the staff, the equipment, it's all a problem. It's not the virus. It's not that everyone's going to get this and drop dead. They've been saying that from the beginning, and we've been seeing that. But the way that the numbers are increasing exponentially, and the way that some people are going to need to be treated, are going to put burdens on the system which is then in turn going to cause the people who need serious treatment to be left waiting to see if they get treatment or not we're gonna wind up we're gonna wind up like new york we're going to wind up like illinois and we have this reporter who's sitting here asking these questions When they're coming out and saying, oh, it's going to get worse, and he's asking, okay, 
are we prepared? And they're like, eh, we can't really tell you. And he's trying to get around it. He's asking a couple different ways. And Holcomb's like, yeah, well, I'll look and see if we can tell you by the regions. You know, I, I say, screw that. You're the governor of the state of Indiana. Let us know what we have. Let us know why we don't have these tests. Why are we not getting tested? Why are more people not having access to these tests? Why do we, as Hoosiers, know more about what's going on and more about the treatment plans in Illinois and Ohio and New York and Italy, but we don't know what's going on here at home? Why is that the case? Eric Holcomb, why is that the case? Why can you stand there with a straight face and tell us what you've been telling us that it's going to get worse? And then when we're asking you, let us know, you don't say anything. And then you're like, well, we want everyone to do what we're saying. We're mad that nobody is. Then tell us the truth, brother. No, no, we can't break our promise to the hospitals. But then, then listen to what the reporter asks now. Wait a minute. We're in a public health emergency. We have all of this going on. Wouldn't this allow you to break that protocol? Whatever protocol it possibly is, whatever the agreement is that would not allow you to give Hoosiers the proper information so that we can make the best decisions off the most amount of proper and right and truthful information possible. What is in place that's stopping you from doing that? And why is it in place? And you mean to tell me that this health emergency doesn't stop that? Listen to what this reporter asks here. In a public health emergency, wouldn't an like that be put aside or modified? Great question. Well, and listen to Holcomb. Well, we'll make sure the public knows. Make sure the public knows when, when it's too late. As we approach the surge that we do know is coming, and, and right now we know that we have the inventory to handle where we are today. Uh, when we get closer um, to those numbers spiking or closer to that peak, uh, we'll keep the public informed of alternative measures that we may have to take. Hopefully we don't have to take those. Hopefully we manage it. That's, that's why it's critically important that we um, practice social distancing. That's why it's um, important that we all play by the same rules. That was the sentence that says it all right there. That masterful amount of doublespeak right there, folks. As we approach the surge that we do know is coming, and, and right now we know that we have the inventory to handle where we are today, uh, when we get closer um, to those numbers spiking or closer to that peak, uh, we'll keep the public informed of alternative measures that we may have to take. Hopefully we don't have to take those. Hopefully we manage it. That's, that's why it's critically important that we um, practice social distancing. That's why it's um, important that we all play by the same rules. And lastly, there's this little gym. We are good right now, but we will look to 
towards supplying you with regional information that wouldn't compromise the agreement or uh, the contract that we have in place with our hospitals. We'll do everything that we can to be transparent, absolutely. What an absolute load of crap, folks. I, I don't even know what else to say. I'm so disappointed in him. How he has people fooled that he knows what he's doing or that he's a leader or that he's a Republican, all of that stuff is nuts. I will not be voting for Eric Holcomb. I won't be voting for the Democrat. Thank God we have a third-party candidate. But I'm telling you what, folks, Eric Holcomb has to go. You all out there better be paying attention because it's getting ready to get worse. I can tell you, hearing what they had to say in that press conference, it's going to get real interesting over the next couple days and weeks as we enter into April and then come upon May. It's going to be really interesting. And I'm telling you, we're going to have to be looking out for ourselves and looking out for each other because the government is not doing it. That's just plain as day. You can see it right there. And that's why we have to vote this joker out. We only have one shot because he doesn't have a primary challenger. So November has to be it. I don't know. It's going to be real interesting. Real interesting. All right. We'll be right back after this quick break. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. I tell you, I wish that his wishes were horses, like he said, so he could ride the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> I don't know. That's going to do it for this 89th episode of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Don't forget to share the show with everyone you know. We can be found on all major podcast hosting sites, along with the home link of perception.fireside.fm. Help spread the word, because this is important information here. Until next time, stay active, stay involved, stay engaged. More importantly, stay safe safe and god bless you've been listening to perception is reality with christopher h bilbrey Bilbrey. tune in like and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm hook up on facebook at facebook.com backslash bilbrey 318 and on twitter at p-i-s-r bilbrey email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.